the ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rowley Sussex. Rowley Sussex in tonight. Language professor, always curious to answer your questions as well. We've got a couple of those already, Rowley, before we get to uh, your emphasis um, <laughs> discussion that you want to get to. Mari on the Darling Downs says, my wife is a teacher and one of the student's parents has another child that's named Murray, mm. but it's pronounced Murray. Ooh. And he's heard a few others pronounce it this way in the past 18 months. How exactly should this name, M-U-R-R-A-Y, be pronounced? Muzzer. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, because if you've got a name with an R after the first syllable, you know, Sharon becomes Shazza and Terry becomes Tezza mm. and Barry becomes Bazza, that's a separate issue. But Murray, I have never heard before. But if you think about Colin Powell... Right. Yes. Now, his parents decided that he was going to be C-O-L-I-N, but they wanted it pronounced Colin. And I, I reckon that if you have a particular way of pronouncing your name, it's one of the most personal things you've got, and other people should, if they possibly can, pay you the compliment of doing what you want. Sounds fair. So if he wants to be Murray, uh, that's what it is. But, of course, he's going to spend a lifetime explaining to everybody else how he wants his name to be pronounced. It would be interesting to know where Murray's parents are from. Like, yes. say, his mum was French or something like that. Murray. Murray. Yeah. It is possible. Thank you, Murray, from the Darling Downs. Mother, as uh, Rolly and I might call you. Craig from Gracefield, uh, sort of dipping into your pronunciation question. Species is mm. the word he's keen to find out. He said species or species. Mm. Okay. When you've got S plus the E sound, uh, it very often en ends up as a sh. And it's called palatalization because you're moving the S towards your palate when you pronounce it. And so I would say probably species. Um, but then a lot of ones do end up in sh, except that Julia Gillard, instead of having negotia negotiation, yes. the negotiation. So you can be kind of very correct and careful about it. Not negotiation, negotiation, but negotiation. Yes. And that was something which was very typical of her. So that with species, you've got, you've got a choice. And both are acceptable. I would have thought that species is possibly thought to be a bit careful and and educated and so on. Yes. I hear both and I wouldn't like to bet on which one is more, more common, but I would have thought species. And then you've got Sean Connery. Ah, yes. Who like to put an SH sound in a whole bunch of words. Oh, yeah. I've got to try and do a good Sean Connery, but uh, I don't have the, <laughs> the deep voice. <laughs> but he, he puts SH on. Or he, he puts lots of things. Yes. Um, but but that, that was a particular feature, I think, of his pronunciation. He, he made the S in a sort of a shitty type of way. Yes. Um, yes, yes. That's right. Yes, mm. yes, yes. There, Rolly. With, with, a, with the slightly rounded lips and your tongue is a little, I think, little up and back. Sure, sure, sure. Mm. Okay. A bit like Indi Indian English with butter and things like that. That's called retroflex. Retroflex. Because your tongue is curled up and back. Retroflex, curled up and back. And it's a feature of Indian languages, especially from the South. Not to be confused with palatalization. Correct. Which sounds a bit like our former Premier surname. Palaché, palatalisation. <laughs> Professor Rolly Sussex is in tonight retroflexing your tongue. We're zipping around Queensland already. Uh, Scruffy in Benarkin on Waka Waka Country says, G'day Rolly and Beck. I'd like to ask about the difference between 
incident and incidents. Ah. And they're plurals. Mm-hmm. He says, are they basically interchangeable? Sometimes I hear either one or the other used and it sounds a bit clunky. Clunky. Cheers, scruff. Well heard. This is a problem because the word incident, meaning something that happens, has got a plural where you just put an S on the end and it is incidents. Incidents. There's T-S, a T-S. T-S, yeah. But because N-T-S is three consonants, we very often simplify groups of consonants. And so incidents, if I say, no, there were, there were five incidents on the road, road on the way in today. Incidents. You can't hear a T there at all. Mm. So it's only there if I pronounce it carefully, incidents. Okay, and that way it sounds exactly like I-N-C-I-D-E-N-C-E, which is incidence, which means frequency of something. What's the incidence of uh, clouds after 2 p.m.? 33%, something like that. Now, the trouble is that if you've got incidence, you're not quite sure if it's the singular of, of incidence, meaning frequency, or the plural of incident, all right? Yes. And there is even incidences, meaning frequencies. So what are the incidences of this sort of phenomenon in our weather pattern in the next three weeks? So you can have it, – it gets very complicated. It does. And people won't always know, as you say, unless they have perfect diction, you won't well, know if they – Well, super careful diction. Super and careful. Some people would say this is hyper-correct. Yes. Uh, because anyone, and that includes you and me, at reasonable speed, making a plural of incident, will say incidents. Yes. Because it's, there is a natural tendency to drop out a consonant in a difficult group of consonants. And the T, I'm afraid, just gets squished. So to go back to Scruffy's question. Yes. Strictly speaking, they're not interchangeable. They are not. And they have different meanings because incident is uh, something which has happened, right, like an accident on the road. And incidence, C-E, means something like the frequency of something. Frequency. Yeah. Got it. Scruff, great question. Great name as well, Scruffy. Oh, yes, but also very well heard because these are tiny little traces of pronunciation. Mm. And, you know, you and I in front of a microphone might be rather careful to say the incidents that happened. Right. I've, I've got another uh, training that I got when I very early started at the ABC and was doing the weather. Mm. And sometimes you would tie together the gold and sunshine coasts. Ah, yes. And to say gold and sunshine coasts. If you say the T's too strongly, then you sound a bit odd, but yes. you want to be clear that you're yes. saying coasts, coasts, plural. But again, S-T-S, mm-hmm. you've got three consonants and they're all made with the tongue pressing against the little little bony ridge behind your teeth. It's called the alveolar ridge. And T and S and T are all there. And so it's it's actually easier to leave the, t- S, say, to leave the T out and just say the Golden Sunshine Coast. Yes. And at reasonable speed, most people won't even notice. And it's sorted out by the context because the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast, I'm not saying the T very strongly, mm. but it's just there. Clever. What's the name of that ridge? Alveola. A-L-V-E-O-L-A-R, Alveola Ridge. We're going to a lot of phonetics over the coming months. <laughs> and this is part of learning the organs of speech. We love it. Uh, so many questions coming in for you already, right. Rolly Sussex, including one from Laurie, who is in Canberra. Hello, Laurie. Uh, she says, I've been listening to heaps of the A Word in Your Ear podcast. Oh, good. There you go. Good. Everyone should do that. Uh, Laurie says, I'm from Canberra. Hoping it's okay. I can squeeze in a question. Of mm. course. Yeah. Uh, Laurie says, I'm seeing the word addicting used in place of addictive. 
more often than yes. not now. Is addicting a US version or are the two words actually interchangeable? It's not US as far as I can tell. But you, you, one thing you can do right away is Google it. And I mean Google, not some of the other search engines, because Google tells you how many hits it's got. And I did this and I found addictive uh, it was 598 million and addicting is only 28 million. That's a big difference. So that'll tell you which one is, is preferred. Mm. And then you've got to ask yourself, well, what sort of sentences do these come up in? And I think you'd find addictive practices, addictive drugs, something like that. I did actually look and the Cambridge Dictionary, which is British, does not have addict as a verb, right? But the, the American, American um, Merriam-Webster does. You can addict others. In other words, you can persuade other people to become addicted oh, to okay. something. Okay. But it, that sounds a little bit uncomfortable to me. I don't. I wouldn't use it like that. And you're you're looking definitely. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. And in fact, I don't even think I've ever heard addicting. Addictive, definitely. An well, addict, yes. Yeah. Addictive is something which can or will cause you to become addicted. You know, mm. it's an addictive practice, an addictive drug or something. But addicting, if you think about it, the ing also means that which causes someone to become addicted. Yes. This is an addicting substance. Uh, and so you uh, can see okay, so they do, in. in something like that, they might be uh, one swapped for the other. But bearing in mind that addictive is very much in the minority. Mm. But very good question to our Canberra listener. Great line. Keep on the, on the podcast because there's lots of interesting stuff there. We have listeners all over the world, by the way. A word in your ear yes. is what you want to look for in ABC podcast, by the way, if you do want to catch up on Rolly's current past 27 years worth of work. Well, not quite 27. We approach 27 at Easter. At Easter. Let's have a big 27th birthday. Why not? Right, why We not? can do that. Uh, all right, should we go back to more questions or do you want to get into... Uh... Let, let's do questions uh, yep. the, because the, the pronunciation and emphasis will be there forever. Forever. All right, uh, Steve-O in Cairns says, Hi, Rolly, this afternoon on local ABC radio, a gentleman from Mount Isa mm-hmm. spoke about amateur radio. Mm-hmm. He says, why do us Australians insist on pronouncing... Amateur. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is like the S and Y thing, like in, uh, well, after all, in the, the word invention is invention, sieur, sieur in French. And we've turned that into a SHE, haven't we? Sieur becomes SHE, invention. Yes. Right? So that S plus a Y becomes SHE and T plus a Y becomes CH. So and if it's a palatalization again, it's part of the same thing. And D plus Y becomes J. Right, uh, I, I was uh, going to play in the in the dunes rather than the dunes, and the interesting thing is that the Americans get rid of the y, and so you have a tune and dune and so on, uh, and and, nu- and nude for that matter. So do they than... say amateur? Amateur, yes, yes, yeah. So amateur is British. Amateur is standard colloquial Australian. Amateur, amateur. If you're being a bit careful, we recognise both, mm-hmm. but they do have a slightly different value and you'd use them in, you know, if you're in the pub, you'd probably say amateur. Right? But if you're behind a microphone, you might try and say amateur. Great question, Steve-O. Thank you so well much. Well heard. Gee, listeners have got, got very sharp ears. Well done. Sharp ears indeed. Uh, Mike is in Gingin tonight. Hello, Mike. Good evening. How are you? Fabulous. Hi there. Thank you so much. What's your question for Rolly? I just got your hands free. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. 
Your question about is so, about something that gets you mad, Mike. I'm it intrigued. Does. Go yes. on. <laughs> uh, normally we would say um, between, uh, like, like if you're offering a price range, between $30 and $100. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people now are saying between $30 to $100. Ah. And okay. it should be. From thirty to a hundred dollars, yes. or between thirty and mm-hmm. hundred. Okay, and the, these are two expressions which have got themselves mixed up, and you're exactly. quite right. Between yep. A and B, or from A to B. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, but then there's another one which the Americans have given us: Monday through Friday, instead of from Monday to Friday. Okay. Yeah. And so there's quite a little tr- trouble with these with these to and from and so on their prepositions. And a lot of it is caused by phrases which are almost the same. Do you say try and or try to, for example? I'm going to try to do that something. That one I'm a little bit confused by myself. I, <laughs> okay. I, I think generally I try to. Yeah, so do I. But I find yeah. myself saying try and, and of course I'm going mm-hmm. to do this, I'm going and do this. Uh, yeah. There are several versions in English which are so close and you hear them both, and after a while, they both become acceptable, and it's very hard to work out which is preferable. Mm. But your yes, your instinct right. about between A and B, or from A to B, is exactly right. But you can yeah. see how the two the two things have kind of fallen over each other and got mixed up. Mm. And yeah, uh, and yeah. for example, we used to play in a team when I was a kid at school. You now play on a team. Oh. And uh-huh. that is also American. Beck is looking rather worried. No, I've... no, but it's just that sometimes when you say things, Rolly, I'm like, do I say try to or try and? Do I play in a team? Or do I play on a team? Mm-hmm. I think I play both. Well, it, sometimes we vary depending on who we're talking to. We tend to imitate the people we're with, and if they say play in, we might say play in as well. Mm. But I can tell you that nowadays, in on any me- medium you care to name, try uh, playing on a team is probably winning out something like, 90% of the time. See what you've done, Mike. You've sent us down a, a very f- but, curious uh, But again, it's very, this is a, a, a subtle point which mm. you've picked up. And if you listen carefully, everybody, for what happens after between, there is a creeping in of two. Oh, Mike, you're going to make more people That's cranky. Right. Well uh, done. <laughs> good on you, Mike. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Good night. Good night. Mike Jinjin in Queensland, of course, which is where we are broadcasting tonight on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. My name's Rebecca Levingston. Rolly Sussex is here this evening as well. Uh, I don't have a name for this person. Oh, here we go. Catherine from Mount Isa. Catherine from the Isa. She says, great to hear you came to the Northwest for a visit. I did and enjoyed it. I love country Queensland. And Catherine says, should you say controversy or controversy, <laughs> and she's got a follow-up there, mm. kilometre or kilometre. Mm-hmm. I think she's going there. Two separate issues, both important ones. Um, it used to be controversy, but uh, if you listen, controversy, controversy, not controversy, right? The Americans have less of a difference between stressed and unstressed syllables than the particularly upper-class British do. So I'm doing medicine, not medicine, three syllables, but medicine. And controversy, controversy, the British are quite happy to have lots of um, 
unstressed syllables, controversy. But uh, nowadays, because if you think about it, it's like a seesaw that's out of balance. Stress on the first syllable, three other ones sort of tagging along. A lot of people say controversy, which makes it more balanced towards the middle of the word. Mm. And that's one of the important tendencies of English at the moment. Um, the other one is to move the stress onto the first syllable, whatever. And when we finally go to emphasis, we will get to emphasis. <laughs> Kilometre. <laughs> All right. All of the meters, centimeter, decimeter, nanometer, whatever. Uh, no, sorry, leave out nanometer. Millimeter, they're all meters. And all of the the things which are something like ometers and ameters are instruments like anemometer, barometer, and so on. So why do you have kilometer rather than kilometer? Because if m millimeter, centimeter, kilometer, it should be kilometer, shouldn't it? Yeah. If it's part of the pattern. However, kilometre is a, a very common Americanism and it's become the standard way of saying it in Australia. It wins out over kilometre. I refuse to be beaten. I say kilometre whatever. Uh, but there was a story that Gough Whitlam had said kilometre in the house and I actually rang up his office one day when Gough was still alive and asked if this was true and there was this rumbling noise in the back and said, Mr Whitlam says that that is not the case. So, oh, wow. Oh, when you said I rang up to us, I thought you were calling to say, like, is there like a Hansard record and you could look it up? You actually called when Goff was alive. It was Goff rumbling. That was, that was Goff. Oh. But, of course, and Hansard would not record your pronunciation. Pronunciation. I know, but I thought then you could maybe tee it up with an audio record. No. I think the re audio record is long since gone. But nowadays, people who are careful about, and certainly the British tend to say kilometre, not all of them, but most. Um, we used to say kilometre, but we've now shifted over towards kilometre. Mm. And if you think about it, kilometre, it's a bit like controversy. You've got the stress on the first syllable and the other one's kind of out of balance on the other end. So kilometre puts it to more, more towards the middle, even though it means that kilometre is behaving like a barometer and an anemometer and so on, which are measuring devices. Kilometre. I reckon I say kilometre. However, I'm not sure that I would really register if someone said it one way or the other because you, you really understand both. Oh, you understand both, but you probably have... So, sometimes when you hear the other pronunciation, you twitch. Yes. Um, you didn't twitch then when I said kilometre. No. But there was a kind of, oh, yeah, that's another one which I recognise. Yes. So everybody will probably have a favourite one that they use, but a certain kind of grey flexibility, they'll, they'll recognise the other one. Oh, yeah. Someone got very mad at me once because I said military instead of, instead of military. That's American because, uh, for example, with the 2000 Olympics, uh, there was an edict in the ABC that you would say ceremony, not ceremony. Yes. Right? But again, the Americans, remember I said, have an e more even balance between stressed and unstressed. Ceremony rather than ceremony. Mandatory. Now, they say mandatory. They say laboratory instead of laboratory. Okay. And so there is a general tendency for the ARY and the ORY ones in American to be stressed or have a stress on the ORI or ARI. Okay. A, a secretary rather than a secretary. I love the seesaw analogy that you use there. I, I think it, it's one way of thinking about it, but it works quite often. Maria from Ipswich says, hi, Rebecca and Rolly. As a young person, I struggled with comfortable. Mm -hmm. The spelling seems to have four syllables, but it seems to be pronounced with three. Comfortable, comfortable. Comfortable, yes. Comfortable. Hmm. This is like medicine, which we had a moment ago. 
if you look at it, comfortable. Okay, there's four syllables if you say it slowly and carefully. But what happens in English very often is that if you've got a stressed syllable like comfortable, the one which follows it is weak and sometimes gets removed entirely. So comfortable, I think you, know, you and I at moderate speed, speed, particularly in a slightly informal context, make yourself comfortable. That yeah. sounds fine. Uh, but this is a very comfortable chair, sir. Would mm. you like to pay $5,000? Yes. All right. Um, and so medicine, med, the first syllable is stressed. The one after it is kind of lurking in the shadows and gets more or less left out entirely. Medicine. And also secretary, secretary. If you're very upper class British, secretary, thank you. Right. So upper class particularly, but also very frequently in, in everyday speech in Australia, after a stressed syllable in a long word, the next one is weak and may get left out. I've realised as you've been saying medicine and medicine that mm. in my mind, mm-hmm. even though that word's spelt the same way, I've got two different definitions in my mind. Go on. You study medicine, mm-hmm. but if you're sick, you take medicine. Ah, but they are pronounced, they are they are spelt exactly the same. Yes. And frankly, I take med. No, do I take medicine? I think I, ta- I think I take medicine as well. But I, I'm I'm miles older than you are and grew up long before. And uh, in those days, we were taught at school a very much more strict and British type of pronunciation. And if people went to elocution, they were certainly told that these syllables must be pronounced. Gotcha. Maria, great question. Thank you. Steve says, good evening. Could Rolly please answer my question? It's been annoying me for years. Why are people from the Philippines referred to as Filipino? It goes, oh, we spelled Filipino mm. with an F. Mm-hmm. It goes against all the PH versus F pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Steve. This is because, well, Filipino is the Spanish word. When you put an O on the end of something, it makes it into an adjective. So these are Philippine people, as it were, right? And in, originally in Spanish, it was PH. But the standard language of the Philippines is Tagalog, and that has an F. And so they talk about themselves with an F as being Filipino. Okay? There you go. Uh, that's it. Uh, by the way, I've got a, another example from Tagalog, while completely unrelated but interesting. Do you know the phrase out in the boonies? Yes. What means... Out the boondocks, out the backs, nowhere. The other side of the black stump. Yes. Yeah. I have to remember in America that they don't have a black stump, so I can't refer to it. It comes from the word boondock in Tagalog, which means a mountain. And so if you're out in the moonies, you're out in the mountains, a long way from civilization, way out there. Okay. And probably the Americans got it from Tagalog the language of the Philippines, when they had the Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines for years and years and years, got into American English and it's now got into Australian English. And our poor old black stump is gradually getting pushed further and further out into the desert. Ah, we'll hang on to it. We're in Queensland, Rolly. Now, this half hour has just rocketed by. Okay. And we'll do, we'll do emphasis next week. Yes. Last word. Early to bed and early to rise makes people suspicious. <laughs> Yes, indeed. We'll ponder that. You're looking thoughtful. Rolly Sussex, what an absolute rocketing learning curve we have been on tonight. That was fun. Thank you. I'll be here next week. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au slash Brisbane.